Welcome to Ethics and Etiquette, a thought-provoking discussion about everyday dilemmas. Among other things, COVID left us with a changed workplace and the omnipresence of Zoom meetings or group video calls made on the Zoom platform. For our purposes, when I say Zoom, it's synonymous with WebEx and Microsoft Teams. Zoom calls are a useful tool, and with the convenience they offer, along with the savings in time and travel and the prevalence of remote and hybrid work, they're here to stay. That said, many of us still have an uneasy relationship with Zoom calls. Part of the problem is a frustrating lack of adherence to ground rules, which make a Zoom call run smoother and more productively. We're talking about Zoom etiquette today. For some, it will be nothing new, but we're firm believers that it's never too late to review the basics. I'm your host, Marna Ashburn. I'm here with wife, mother, and attorney, Kelly Halligan-Zimmerman. Hi, Kelly. Good morning, Marna. Hi, Mike. Hi, everybody. Good to hear from you. And Mike Derrick, a retired Army officer, combat veteran, and father of four. Hello, Mike. Hey, good morning, Marna, and good morning, Kelly. It's very nice to be back. Good to hear your voice. Yeah, likewise. Mike, we can add another descriptor to your list. Would you like to share your happy news? Yeah, well, um, you know, we've reached that point in life where Kathy and I are now grandparents. Yay! Um, Yeah, that was early September. Um, Our daughter had a baby girl. Both mom and baby are doing well and didn't realize quite how exciting this would be or how we would feel about it. But boy, it's a wonderful thing. And mom and baby are beautiful, I have to say. Kathy sent me a picture. Good. Really wonderful. And it reminded me that when I first met your daughter, she was a baby. (laughs) She was a newborn. In fact, I think you were right uh, in the neighborhood, Marna, if I remember correctly. Yes, I just had a baby, too. He's now uh, 28. He just turned 28. So it's been a while. So happy for all of you. And it's great to be back with both of you and with you, our listeners. So in doing... The background for this episode, I'll confess right off the bat, I don't have much Zoom experience because I've never worked remotely. Kelly and Mike have some experience, Kelly Moore, and I also relied on information from my daughter, Elena, from Carrie Traver, a former technology director and good friend of the show, and Dave Rizzler, a black belt Zoomer and friend of Mike's who shared his extensive wisdom with us. Thank you all for your input. I noticed that a lot of Zoom etiquette transfers seamlessly from that of in-person meetings. The first one, of course, is be on time. Carrie tells me that depending on your skill and comfort level, give yourself five to ten minutes prior to the meeting to connect to the meeting. Ideally, you'll be waiting for the organizer to let you into the meeting. When people arrive late, the chime-in feature interrupts the train of thought of the meeting already in progress. Latecomers also miss the context, and we have to pause. We, meaning Dave, mentions that they have to pause the meeting and replay some things. I gotta say, that sounds really frustrating if people are late chiming into a meeting. It's like the old saying goes, if you're early, you're on time. That sounds very military, Marna. <laughs> yes. Oh, it is. It is. You want uh, here, Here's another version of the same thing, just Kelly, to kind of get your day started, you know. If you're on time, you're 10 minutes late. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. How about that? Yeah, I mean, being on time is just being courteous. It's telling the other person that their time is as valuable as yours. So yeah. that's a great tip. And, you know, this gets to something right off the bat. Um, I'm probably going to jump way ahead in your uh, summary here, Marna. But I think if you don't treat a Zoom meeting as important as a face-to-face meeting, then there's a couple things at play. One, you don't understand or respect the people you're talking to. Or 
perhaps maybe you shouldn't have had a meeting in the first place. Could it have been a quick phone call or could it have been, you know, an email sent to a couple people? I guess what I'm saying here is if you're going to Zoom, make it useful, make it valuable, and then treat it well. Yeah. One of the things that Dave mentioned, which I didn't include in the list, but I will here now, is if you send an agenda out ahead of time and some people in the meeting only need to be there for the first couple points of the agenda and then they can leave, that's a courteous thing to do too. Yeah. I think in general, everything you've said so far applies to -to face-to-face meetings, a well-run face-to-face meeting. Okay. The second rule, prepare with ample time before the meeting. Test the specific device you will be using for the Zoom meeting. Be sure both audio and video are working properly. Make sure the internet is working. Create a practice meeting for yourself. These are all from Carrie, the technology director. Yeah, this makes perfect sense to me. Prepare, 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 especially when you've got computers, technology, and internet at play here. Yeah, yeah. you know, you remember how frustrated we were back in the Stone Ages when, you know, someone had have a PowerPoint presentation uh, lined up and all the people around the conference table and, and then, oops, where's my presentation? It doesn't work or it's not playing. It's corrupted. Yeah, and everybody would just go, are you kidding me? Again, same principles apply for Zoom. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. I mean, what do they say? Success is where preparation and opportunity meet. So you just want to prepare and, you know, be ready to go. And, And Carrie's right. The Zoom practice session is really a great thing to take advantage of. I didn't know about that until recently. But, you know, you can go to Zoom support or Google Zoom support, and then you can do a practice session. They tell you how to do that. Uh, You can click a webinar within Zoom and conduct a practice session, which would help you feel more comfortable if you're new to Zoom. And I this... think I need to do one of those. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe Kelly, you could coach me to success here. Um... I'll mention one more thing is, and I know Marna's big on this, is YouTube. If you just go into YouTube and type, you know, Zoom Tutorial 2022, you get some great content and they'll walk you through it. It's super YouTube helpful. is the sum total of human knowledge, I'm telling there we you. Go. There it's we all go. there. Yeah. This segues seamlessly into the third rule here, which is understand the settings and features of the meeting platform. Be familiar with the toolbar settings. Know how to mute and unmute your audio on both the Zoom platform and your computer. By the way, that was mentioned. Understand how to turn on and off your video. Understand how to share your screen. This will come in handy during business meetings when your detailed documents need to be viewed by others. Again, YouTube is your friend there. Sharing screens, that's beyond my ability right that's now. That's high-level stuff but, there. Yeah, I aspire to share my screen someday. Well, you want to be careful, though. I, I don't want to bring up something. This is a family show, but let me just say two words. Jeffrey Tubin. Yeah. Okay. I mean, <laughs> do you, are you familiar with Jeffrey? I, I can we imagine where you're going, Kelly. It is a I family think we've show. all heard about... Well, according to Jeffrey, it was an accident. He thought his camera was off and that he was on mute. He's this uh, famous author and CNN contributor. But after this Zoom call, he lost his job at The New Yorker. He was placed on suspension with CNN. Eventually, they brought him back like seven and a half months later, which only CNN would do. Um, But yes, he's on a call with his colleagues from The New Yorker and also with WNYC, and he forgets he's got his camera on apparently he's got another computer on with content that is definitely not family oriented so they ended up having to see his privates and some terrible stuff going on he Um, had a personal moment which was on camera yes very unfortunate and he did not take advantage of the zoom tutorial 
or right. YouTube. But it just goes to show you, like, I mean, I just really cracked up when CNN brought him back. I mean, I was like, are you kidding me? This guy yeah. is just a pig. But, <laughs> uh, but then when CNN had new leadership recently, he's suddenly like, you're retired. I mean, they were letting everybody go. And I think he was like, uh, I'm definitely next, you know, but he was just so so funny about it. I mean, he apologized, but very insincerely. And he kept talking about it was an accident. And he didn't understand that the camera was on as if it was okay in the middle of the work day when you're on a call with your colleagues to be doing that. So that's a heightened example of know the features of the platform. Just, In fact, my daughter said that she recommends everybody get a camera cover for their computer and their phone. I have one that I've rigged up. It's just a piece of paper and some tape. Yeah, just like a post-it note I just put over mine. Yeah, so. painting tape as a secondary backup to something like that happening. Mm. Yes, but I mean, again, you know, be familiar with the settings and features. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. And here's another one, number four. We were supposed to record this podcast yesterday, but I had internet problem, which I got fixed, and so we're recording today. But have a backup device set up and ready in case the device you're using doesn't work. All of us have had this happen to us. I've been to presentations where this happened. For example, if you're using a phone, have a laptop or a tablet ready. If you're using a laptop, have your desktop set up. Technical malfunctions are always a possibility. It's just Murphy's Law. So be ready with the backup. Never have a single point of failure, as they used to say in the Army. Yes. On the other hand... You know, SHIT happens. I mean, it happens sometimes yes. and there's nothing you can do about it. So, I mean, I think we've all been there when the internet went down or something happened and you just got to roll with it. Yeah. Don't panic. That's the main thing. Communicate with people. You can text them. You can use some other form to let them know that you're not going to be able to make it or, you know, could we reschedule? I mean, people understand. Sure. Yeah, that happens even on this podcast. All right. Number five. During the meeting, mute your audio if you're not the speaker. I I, remember to unmute your audio when you need to speak. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Go ahead, Marna. Go ahead. Okay. Okay, your turn. <laughs> this is just super basic, and I was interested to see some comments you have further down the line about bandwidth. You know, it just makes the meeting run smoother. Make sure that you're giving, in other words, like if you were at a real meeting, you are not interrupting the speaker who has the floor at the moment. Ideally. Uh-huh. Mm. My experience with Zoom is with family calls during COVID. We had extended family on Zoom calls, just catching up and keeping morale up during the lockdown. Some of my relatives didn't understand that you shouldn't carry on side conversations when you're on a Zoom call unless you mute your audio. Right, <laughs> right. Yeah. And that was very distracting. And also, nobody wants to hear your background, you know, your dogs barking, your doorbells, the landscapers outside with the blowers, mm -hmm. your smoke alarm going off when the toast you had the toaster mm -hmm. started burning. No, I was just going to say it's usually by accident. People don't realize they're not on mute. And so my experience is, you know, you look up and somebody's like, you'll see a note, go on mute, Kelly, mute. <laughs> Yeah, right. And then you're like, right. oh, okay. So in the again, chat box, commu communication is the key. This brings up a pet peeve I have, and it's not just Zoom meetings, but it's like phone calls too. I have some people who I communicate with regularly, and they think nothing of being on a phone call, for example, and then sort of stream of consciousness outpourings in their own domain, i.e., talking to their kids, talking to the dog, talking to themselves, while they're ostensibly on the phone with me. 
Yeah. And it's like, hey, wait a second. You know, if you're this busy, maybe we can chat later. Right. It's the talking to the dog that kills me. I mean, yeah. I understand you got to put out a yeah. fire here and there with your kids. but Yeah, but, you know, dogs, they'll still be there when the phone yeah. calls over. It's not, you know, unless there's some sort of brewing crisis here. Yes. You know, let's. Let's just focus on what's at hand. Right, and, and you're uh, sitting there on the call. Hello. Yeah, I'm and still also, here. Hey, 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 I'm here. <laughs> I'm here. Are you there? Also, <laughs> they don't even understand. All the dog hears is blah, 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 princess, <laughs> blah, 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 princess. That's our dog's name. Dinner. It was horrible. Dinner. Blah, blah, leash, <laughs> ride, yeah, walk. <laughs> like, my husband makes fun of me because I talk to the dog all the time. Not when I'm on a Zoom call or when I'm on oh, the phone good, with Kelly. anyone. Good. But, oh. And he says, you know, this is what she's hearing. Blah, 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 princess. Blah, blah. You know, like, I'm trying to explain to her things. And she looks at me, like, so seriously. Like, I hear you. You know, I, I'm with yeah. you. Yeah. I think they do have a human vocabulary. It all relates to their immediate needs. Yeah, I mean, it's probably like 10 words. I mean, my <laughs> rapid sentences talking about why she can't have a slice of bread at her, or why it's going to be a wonderful day. I just am not sure she follows. But what's our next okay, item? Okay, number six. During the meeting, turn on your video. The ability for participants to see each other makes for a more engaging experience when you have that visual anchor. If it becomes apparent that you or some members of the meeting have poor quality internet service, which often happens as it gobbles up bandwidth, turn off your video and suggest that all participants turn off their video. Oh, I don't know about that. And also, if you're Jeffrey Tubin, do not turn on your video. Yeah, but I don't know about if my video doesn't work, you have to turn off yours. I, I don't think so. Like, why? Yeah, I'm kind of with Kelly on this one. Some people just, they either don't take the time to figure out how to make it work or... Um, you know, maybe they have an internet problem. I used to have an internet problem until we got cable here in remote rural northern New York. But definitely, if you turn on your video, then, hey folks, you're on. This meeting is the most important thing happening. You can't do whatever you were doing before or multitask or talk on the phone to somebody else. Um, you really have to pay attention if you have your video on, which is a forcing function. I think that's good. As somebody in the communication field, I think having the video on, at least in the beginning, is important. A lot of communication is nonverbal expressions and things like that. So I think I mean, it's important to have that visual going. I understand the problems with too much video. You know, it's it's not going to work and you have to turn it off. But, but initially, like Mike just said, if you have a meeting, prepare for it, you know. Get dressed. Wash your face. Comb your yeah. hair. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Be camera ready. Yeah, I'm just saying that if got, you know, five people or four people on a call and one person struggling with their video, the other three can keep their video on. They don't need to turn it off because, oh, the other person's video doesn't work. I mean, they can stay on video and, and continue. I agree. You know, for example, with my company, you know, they strongly recommend that you have your camera on during, you know, work meetings so that people can see you and you're present and you have that contact and that eye-to-eye -eye connection and really can communicate and discuss things and then people are dressed appropriately and engaged at least from the waist up right dressed appropriately yes well that's another whole issue yeah, I mean, that's another I, whole issue you had you know? to bring that up again Marna. yeah i mean like this i know your next one is adjust your camera are you wearing position? pants boy I want to jump what? back to turn on your video. So most of what I do on Zoom are large meetings with a nonprofit that I'm a part of. 
And so there'll be 20 plus people on this meeting. Something I learned from my colleagues is that, hey, you know, if in the course of the two and a half hour meeting, you need to go to the restroom or you want to go get another cup of tea, turn off your video so that People don't see you standing up, taking off, heading across the room, coming back, because that's very distracting, too. You mean carrying Um, your laptop or just going off camera? Going off camera. Uh So if you're off camera for some reason, and in a a two-and-a-half-hour meeting, you have every reason to be off camera for a certain period of time, go ahead and turn turn your camera off. But make sure your name is properly displayed in the bottom of your screen so that people know, yeah, he's still there. His camera's just off. I know during work meetings, people do exactly that, Mike. Hmm. They turn the camera off, and then they will put a note in the chat, be right right back, be back in 10 minutes, or moving to another Mm -hmm. call, should be back. And, you know, so, because you don't want somebody to call on you or say, hey, Mike, what do you think? And then there's this long silence, and people don't know Mm -hmm. where you went. Um, So that would be the other thing I'd mention. So, Mike, uh, about this two-and-a-half-hour meeting, and Kelly, weigh in here. It seems like that's an awful long meeting for the parameters of a Zoom situation. Mm -hmm. And it seems like if you were the organizer of this meeting, you might want to build in some breaks during the meeting because that's a long time. Yeah, and I think, you know, we certainly do that. That's not unheard of. But, you know, these are fairly infrequent meetings that we have uh, six a year. And so it's an interesting kind of case study for me because I joined this organization in January of 2020. And I went to one meeting in person and then COVID hit. And I haven't been to a meeting since except on Zoom. And so it's really cut into what I had thought would be sort of the culture of this organization because I've never met the vast majority of these people. I've just seen them on a Zoom meeting, which I think really is one of the commentaries about this whole pandemic and the and the rise of Zoom that maybe we'll talk about it today. But I think it's kind of taken some of the mojo out of human interaction. Oh, yeah. definitely. I mean, there's a plus and a minus, I mean, for sure. I mean, there's several pluses, actually. I mean, the big pluses were during the pandemic, it allowed people to connect and to see each other and to be with family and not in an ideal way, but in a way. So there's a lot to be said for that. Also for businesses, you know, it's a tremendous tool because you do not have to spend the money to fly people all over the country. You can still do that for some person meetings. But, you know, for example, a lot of the folks that I work with and one of the businesses I support are in Minnesota. And mm-hmm. that's it's a long trip. And it's the end of the year. The weather's not great, you know, and a lot of businesses are being very careful with their finances, uh, you know, because a lot of businesses are under tremendous pressure because of inflation and just the situation with the economy. So it's so nice that we can get together, see each other on these Zoom calls, and they can be long. Like we have a once a month, almost all day call, but we take breaks, we break for lunch, Mm -hmm. we, Mm -hmm. you know, we take five or 10 minute breaks sometimes between speakers and and we also do what you described, Mike, where you go off camera and you write a quick note and you're back in mm-hmm. 10 minutes or whatever. So, mm-hmm. But I, I think overall, Marna, it's a positive thing. I think the negative was maybe it was overused, especially with children in school. And Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's my sense. I think yeah. it's a useful tool. I do, too. Uh, it's a tool in the toolbox. It's not the only tool in the toolbox. Right. And we don't want to blame the tool for <laughs> the way people abused it or didn't yeah, use it the right, way maybe right. we think they should have in any event so maybe so that's hey, the meta lesson of zoom call etiquette is use the tool judiciously 
Yeah. I want to give you guys a good news story. Um, just this last weekend, my mother-in-law had her 88th birthday, and um, she has two sisters, one of whom's in Texas and one of whom's in Florida. And we had a family Zoom call with these three sisters, and uh, it was heartwarming. It was just so heartwarming to see the three of them. They didn't fully understand, like, how all the ins and outs of Zoom work, but there they were on the screen, and they were able to talk to one another, and they each needed an IT person by their side. Yeah, that's what I was um, going to ask you. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. fantastic. I mean, but because... it was so wonderful, and the look in their eyes as they communicated, because these these gals are very close, would not have happened were it not for this technology. So, and I'm sure part of them, I feel this way too, is kind of amazed. Like, I can't even believe. Like, how does this work? I mean, how it's so amazing that we can do this. Yeah. So that's an example of a wonderful use of Zoom. I have to say it, it did save me and my family during COVID being mm-hmm. able to check in. Yeah. So while we're still on the camera thing, let's talk about number seven. When someone is presenting, turn off your camera. It decreases bandwidth on the call so the call doesn't get spotty for the presenter. And I, I think by presenter, it's uh, somebody doing a screen sharing situation, a PowerPoint or what have you, and makes it less distracting for the other people. So when the presenter stops sharing their screen and opens it up for questions, turn your camera back on. That's uh, graduate level Zoom right there. Right. I have to say at work, we had this happen. We were having a Zoom call with our marketing person and the connection was kind of bad. And she said, just turn off your camera and I'll share my screen and we'll do our marketing presentation that way. And, And it was much better. Number eight, there's some hilarious memes about this. Adjust the camera and your position so your face is in the frame. Don't lean too far back in your chair. Don't get too relaxed. Fix the lighting if possible. Face a window for natural light or get a ring light. The funny memes I've seen, especially in the beginning when we were all beginning at Zoom calls, is when you have a Zoom call with your parents and it's it's your mother sitting there and just her forehead is showing on the camera. (laughs) Yeah, figure out that camera tilt. Yeah, I mean, that's important. But I mean, the lighting, we're getting a little too granular here. I mean, come on. <laughs> Face a window for natural light or get a ring See, light. this I... is your world, Kelly. You, <laughs> you do don't this intuitively. Look... The rest of us, these we have to learn these <laughs> no, things and I then don't... train them. I don't do it intuitively. In fact, my boss has a team call every week. And when I first started for my first three months, I didn't realize about, you know, how you could adjust things on teams. And every other week he'd say, oh, there's Kelly again in the dark, um, in the witness protection program. <laughs> Kelly's in the witness protection program. Oh, that's funny. And he's, he's very funny but and witty. But it took me a long time to get out of the witness protection program as I figured out the features. But I, I do think that that's maybe a, a little bit too you know with the lighting and the this and the that I don't know be getting carried away here. computer cameras do not present you in a very flattering way there's something about the particular lens or whatever well, I, I don't think I look bad Mark. but I, um, mean, I don't look I'm, great I but... don't mean I don't mean you specifically <laughs> but speaking of YouTube I'm there are lots lots and lots of videos on YouTube about how to present yourself in the best angle and the best light on zoom calls it led to an entire cottage industry wow. <laughs> let's move on Number nine, if the meeting is being moderated, use the raise hand feature when you want to speak. Stepping all over each other is an unproductive way to run a Zoom meeting. 
Kelly, you you could probably speak to that, couldn't you? Yeah, I interrupt people a lot. That's just how, how it goes. But no, yeah, I mean, I think using the raise hand is, is good. Although, like, at first, I wasn't sure what it was. And, you know, I pressed it and somebody was like, yes, Kelly. <laughs> and I didn't. I was like, oh, I just didn't know what that was. And I just, but yes, that's a good way. Or, were you in the dark when you did that, Kelly? <laughs> could yeah, I mean. People, people are like, where are you? <laughs> Rookie. What are you doing? <laughs> I think that's a good tip. But also, you can just have a conversation. You don't have to raise your hand every time you want to speak, I don't think. But, you know, if you've got a lot of people going back and forth or you have somebody doing a more formal presentation, certainly that's what you'd want to do. Well, I noticed this complaint came more often in the beginning when everybody was kind of getting more used to Zoom. When my family had the first Zoom call together, it was just like being at happy hour in the middle of Grand Central Station, all these cross conversations going on. Oh, yeah. So after that, (laughs) I said, okay, how about everybody gets two or three minutes to fill us in on what's going on in your life, and we'll just go down the line. And that was much better. Moving on, we did talk about this earlier. We'll mention it again. Stay focused on the meeting. This is from Dave. Just because an important email comes in while you're on a call doesn't mean the people on the meeting call should take second place. Resist the urge to return the email and stay focused on the meeting discussion. Multitasking seems to be contagious, too. If people sense others are not fully engaged, they will also start to multitask. Resist the urge to have side conversations in Skype or IM, instant messaging. The only exception might be that you want to confirm something without putting the other person on the spot in the bigger meeting. So stay focused on the meeting. I mean, I know that all of us at the computers, we tend to multitask, but give people your presence. Yeah. I'm totally with this. It's an issue. And I think also it falls on the person who called the meeting, or in some cases, if it's a boss who imposed the meeting, Make sure the meeting's important. Make sure you need to be there, or everybody needs to be there. Or as Kelly said earlier, if there's an agenda, excuse those folks who you know, no longer are part of the continuing agenda. It's a 360 effort here. Yeah, and keep it crisp, keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if you feel like you have to reply to something, have be on mute. I mean, I can't tell you how annoying it is to hear the ch 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 of people typing, um, you know, sending emails, re- responding to stuff. Uh, right. You know, yeah. in a Teams meeting, you'll see several people go on mute, you know, because they're like, ugh, you're typing while this per- poor person is trying to talk or present. Yeah, that's it's clear that they don't have their full attention. Yeah, it's disrespectful, really. Yeah. Boy, a well-run meeting is a thing of beauty, isn't it? It's a, oh, it is. It's an art form. It doesn't waste anybody's time. Yeah. Number 11. We just talked about noise distractions. My daughter says, be mindful of visual distractions in your background, dogs, children, television, movement, which affects others in the call. Elena, my daughter, recommends using the backgrounds that Zoom offers. This is especially good if your personal background has a lot of movement traffic, people, etc., because the movement is distracting to people in the Zoom call. Even if you blur the background, which is a feature, again, this is graduate level stuff, Mike, you can blur the background, but people can still see the movement and it's kind of distracting. When I've Zoomed with my daughter, she has this gorgeous um, backdrop of um, one of the atriums of the Smithsonian buildings, because she works for the Smithsonian. It really looks beautiful. So see if you can find a background, maybe. High level stuff, I know. Yeah, that's very, very complicated. But I know it's out there. 
So. I don't think it's that hard to do because even I figured <laughs> it out. Um, yeah. So if okay. I can do it, probably anybody can. But again, Zoom Tutorial 2022 on YouTube. Kelly, <laughs> are you trying to drag me into the 21st century? Is that what you're doing? Kicking Absolutely. and screaming. <laughs> I need to get off the trails and just spend a little time in uh, front of the computer. I don't like people, though. Do That's some, the thing. I do just, some virtual hiking. <laughs> I, You know, oh, it's Marna, funny. Marna, I don't, don't like say that. Oh, <laughs> oh, I find that offensive. I was reading something about the I don't like people. Um, maybe it was on Instagram. Uh, a popular person on Instagram. I think maybe it was Mel Robbins was saying, showed her like sitting in a chair in her house wrapped up in a blanket or something and saying, you know, I want to make new friends. But everybody I would, I, you know, I would like and get along with like to be home all the time, too. You know, <laughs> like, they don't yeah. want to leave their house like me. How am I going to meet them? That's and the so, introvert's dilemma right there. Yeah, I just thought it was cute because I thought, oh, my gosh, I feel the same way. I just I like to stay at home and, yeah. you know, do my thing. But I would like to make new friends, too. Anyways, off topic for sure. Next one, it's a little minor one, but something you may not have thought about is if you are sharing your screen on a Zoom call, mute other sound notifications and any other push notifications, such as email on your desktop. It's really distracting for people watching your presentation. Something you might not think of, but go ahead and mute your notifications. I know at work I get a, a little ding every time I get an email. If I were on a Zoom call, I would just mute that for a short time. Next one, Kelly, I'd kind of like you to weigh in on this. Only record the meeting if all presenters agree to it ahead of time. Right. Ask this ahead of time. Video file storage requires a lot of data. Also, you never know who then becomes the audience. Will someone see the video of the call who is never the intended audience? Yeah, also, you know, there are legal, you know, obligations. Some laws allow recording with the consent of one party. Some state laws require two-party consent. So that's why when you're on a call like this or when you call your, when I call T-Mobile or I call for assistance, they'll say, you know, please be advised that we will, we're recording this call for quality purposes. They're letting me know basically to cover themselves because of the varying state laws throughout our country, you know, we're recording. So if you don't want to be recorded, hang up. Whenever we have a video, if it's going to be recorded, you should announce that at the beginning. Hey, this is being recorded and it'll be available for later viewing. So all the participants are well aware that what they say is being recorded. And if they stay on the call, they're consenting. Because again, mm -hmm. in some, mm -hmm. yeah. like in Pennsylvania, it's a two-party consent state. So if I record somebody without their knowledge, that's actually a felony. Wow. Um, oh, wow. I mean, you know, if I were charged and convicted, which is unlikely. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> I'm just saying that you need to be mindful of where you can record and where you can't. So hmm. your point is a really good one too, Marna, is if you record something, it can be very helpful, but you need to limit who can access it because, you, you know, a lot of meetings may have, there may be some private content there. Uh, exactly. And, mm -hmm. and that's another reason why you want to let people know something's being recorded so that they may temper their comments. They may be more judicious in the way they speak if they know that there's going to be sort of a permanent record of it. Right. Yeah, Excellent that's just point. basic courtesy and a good practice. Next one, this goes with any meeting, really, any class. If you have a niche question, don't waste everyone's time with it during the Zoom call. Do it offline. Don't get too granular on a Zoom meeting. We've all been in classes or meetings where somebody just likes to stand up and expound on their vast knowledge and take over the meeting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you like, 
You want to like <laughs> shoot yourself in the head? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. We've been going on school visits with my son and, you know, we've gone to a couple very competitive schools, which are definitely reaches for him. But, you know, we're just checking things out and... It's funny, you, you go to like sort of what I'll call is a good school, but sort of a regular school like University of Vermont, and everybody's nice and questions are asked. They're just general questions that we all have. But you go to an Ivy League school and, you know, you've got 16 and 17 year olds standing up and talking about themselves at length before they ask a question. Well, I want to be this and I want to do, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> right. the one Ivy school we went to, literally the admissions person had to like say, okay, I can't accept any more questions. We have to move on. I mean, we visited a number of schools. We never saw that happen. I mean, they were just like wow. tired of having these all these different kids sort of expound on their wonderfulness prior to asking a question. Of course, Man, they s- train them early, don't they? <laughs> I know. My son's sitting there like... You know, like, I don't want to ask a question. I don't want yeah. anyone to know I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe part of the training, Mike, is uh, read the room a little better. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Maybe they don't want to hear about your wonderful or Or make it clear to those young people that a negative note is going in their admissions file is a self-serving pompous young person who has no place at this institution talks a lot well that's i mean like what i would say is a regular kid is sitting there going oh my gosh are these the people i'm going to be with because i'm not so sure about this you know right but the same thing on a call you don't want somebody to hijack the call and take it in a weird Mm -hmm. direction where everybody except for one person is tapping their fingers going should i drop i've got like 10 other tasks i got to get done today. I hate that feeling. And that's where a, a really good moderator is much appreciated. Somebody who can tactfully redirect. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's a unique skill. It I is. thought this admissions guy was very good. He was like, okay, you know, thank you for those excellent questions, but we have to move on. So I was like, yay. Let's close out with two kind of fun ones. I've noticed this in my very small experience with Zoom is sometimes the people I'm Zooming with will walk around the house holding their laptop while their camera's on and they're on a call. And I don't know if you've ever been on the receiving end of that, but it makes you seasick. So I always say, if you're going to walk around the house, turn off your camera and then turn it back on when you get to your destination. <laughs> Yeah. Don't even know where to go with this one, Marna. Yeah, if people are still doing that, it's like they, then they obviously no haven't bothered to tell them themselves. how this medium works. Right. right. Find that camera button and yeah. say, all right, I'm 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 walking yeah. to the back porch now, and then I'll yeah. turn on the camera when I get there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or how about just participate in the meeting like a normal person and not walk around the house? <laughs> Go, right. <laughs> it must not be an important meeting, you know. Yeah, yeah, a lot of levels here. Okay. But one more thing, Marna, and um, you had it on your list, and I, I really liked it, which was use the reaction emojis. I thought that was cool, and, you know, you can do yeah. wonderful congratulations on teams. When we're on meetings and somebody announces that, uh, you know, a certain thing is completed or successfully completed, or something got recognized you'll see these little clapping hands go across the screen like floating down and smiley faces it's kind of weird but but it's sweet oh like, I like you know, it yeah, yeah it, it makes the person you know if you're on a big call and you you know the person who announced it starts seeing that it's it's great feedback it's it's a real pat on the back for for all their hard work and that's something my daughter says, use the reaction emojis rather than typing one word reactions like congratulations or wonderful, which clutter up the chat. Again, I think the chat is a very important thing in a call. So, you know, let's keep it clean and graceful. Use those fun emojis. 
Jeez, oh, I'm not a big emoji guy. I'm just saying, you know. Ugh, I'm still working on it. Still working on it. I'd say you could probably come to terms with it, Mike, especially in digital communication where you can't read the tone or the nonverbal. The emoji is useful to convey the tone. You know? Yeah, I, I get that. I just, I guess I have trouble with the people who seem to have forgotten the English language and now use pictographs, which is, I think, an evolutionary step backwards. Um, you <laughs> yeah. know, and then I mean, written language, <laughs> written language, we happen to be most familiar with English, uh, is quite a marvelous thing. And then people, it's like we're back in caves drawing pictures on cave walls. <laughs> they just happen to be emojis. Well, and they're hard to understand sometimes. and I, They you know, do take like, time, yeah. Like, not the ones that we're talking about for Zoom or Microsoft Teams or whatnot, but like the ones on your phone, I first of all, I can't see them that oh, great. Oh, yeah, that's a real I problem. Oh, they're so that. small, yeah. And I don't know, like, what do they mean? And then occasionally I try to send an emoji, and, my like, my daughter will respond and say, uh, Mom, that's not the right emoji. I don't think you meant to send that emoji. <laughs> she goes, that's a sad face emoji, not a, or that, I'm a frustrated emoji. And I'm like, oh, I couldn't tell. I was trying to s- send a smiley face. Anyways, yeah. that's uh, yeah. the face. The faces, is, other than just the most simple faces, I am totally lost. There's like a million different faces, uh, all of which I suppose mean something. Uh, totally lost on me. So. Yeah, me too. Me too. All right. Well, I think we knocked this wow. one out. Yeah, oh <laughs> that's my. it. Ooh, whoever would have thought. And we'll post this list probably on our Instagram channel if you want to review it. I just want to say I got to hop on another Zoom call. Get wrap this up. It started Stay focused. at eight thirty. So. Stay focused, Mike. <laughs> just kidding. That's, that's just kidding. Oh, Mike, you're late. I mean, that's not. That's like the the number two tip, or maybe the number I one know. tip from Arna. And again, and then again, I just short term memory's really fading here. So. All right, Kelly. Final thoughts. I think you uh, covered everything. We covered it. Okay, that's going to be it for us today. Then, as always, let's keep the conversation going by sending us an email. Email, inbox at ethicsandetiquette.com or connect with us on Instagram at ethicsetiquette. Our website is www.ethicsandetiquette.com. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Please like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For Mike Derrick and Kelly Halligan Zimmerman, I'm Marna Ashburn, and this is Ethics and Etiquette. We post new episodes on the first and third Wednesdays of the month. See you next time.